welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Aschenputtel from 2011, which was a made-for-TV German movie. And we're going to call it the Piglet Cinderella because there were quite a few piglets and they were very cute and also integral to the story. Mm -hmm. So this was an interesting Cinderella because while it was made in Germany, the most readily available version of it has been dubbed into French with English subtitles. But only the first most of it. The last 10 minutes are unsubtitleable. So unless you can speak French, German, or Russian, you're on your own. Fortunately, one of us speaks Russian. So <laughs> good news, you can still watch the rest of this movie. So we will tell you what happened. I've been excited about this one for a long time. And I was very concerned as we kept watching it and it kept being good that it was going to break my heart and disappoint me in some catastrophic way. And it did not. No, this was genuinely so good. You don't even understand. It was so good. Yeah. But also, let me tell you how we watched this. <laughs> so, yeah, like Liv said, first we watched it in French with English subtitles, which was fine. And then we ran out of movie with subtitles and we had to switch to one I found on a random Russian site that was dubbed into Russian over top the German. So you would hear German and then you would hear a Russian voice on top of it. And then I would speak on top of that in English <laughs> to tell Liv what was happening. <laughs> so every person had like a three-tier different language echo. This was big nostalgia for me because when we used to watch Russian movies together when we were in high school, that is how we would watch them because there wasn't a translate. So we just watched two minutes and Talon would translate. And then... We'd watch another two minutes and Talon would translate. It was great. So I, uh, this was lovely. I felt very nostalgic about this. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> okay. So let's actually start. Talon, how does this once upon a time begin? So it starts with the stepmother and the stepsister walking through just like their grounds, I guess, yelling for Cinderella. And they asked some random farm guys. And they're dressed very nicely. Everybody else is wearing working clothes. Everyone's doing things. And no one knows where Cinderella is. And the stepmother and stepsister are just, like, very, very mean to everyone. Mm -hmm. They bully this girl who I thought was Cinderella. It is not Cinderella. This is just a random girl named Joanna mm -hmm. who just works there. Mm -hmm. And the stepsister, whose name is Annabelle, knocks over the clothes that Joanna has on a drying rack and she knocks them into the mud and then blames her for it and then the stepmother just gleefully lays into her over it mm -hmm. demands she redo all of the laundry and starts throwing more clean laundry into the mud yes so just to describe them real quick the stepmother and stepsister are going to be wearing sort of 1850s style gowns in terms of big hoop skirts the stepmother has dark hair and very strong features, and her hair is pulled back very sharply. She is very striking. They just cast her really well. She has, she doesn't look like Angelica Houston, but she has the same strong feature, dark hair, really intense personality kind of vibes. If you find a midway point between Demi Moore and Angelica Houston, she was kind of there. Mm-hmm. She reminded me of our English teacher in ninth grade. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. For for just like super intense vibes. Just like, well, this is a scary lady. I don't want to cross this lady. Her daughter is tall and kind of thin. She's, she's pretty enough. She's a little bit long featured. So she's a little bit, I don't know, horsey faced. She has long blonde hair. She doesn't have an aggressively obnoxious giggle, although she kind of snorts when she laughs, but she's just mean. She's just mean and just sort of does whatever her mother wants. I think she's one of the least likable stepsisters we've ever had. Mm-hmm. She's super mean to everybody. She's very spoiled. Um, and she's never funny. She's never funny. She's never sympathetic, which is weird because her mother kind of bullies her too. You know, spoils her, but also definitely, definitely is not very nice to her either. Yeah. So I think this is my favorite stepmother that we've had so far, just in terms of like, oh, yes, congratulations. You have reached evil stepmother. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> I still think Angelica Houston is the pinnacle for me. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. But this season, definitely. Oh, yeah. She's definitely in the tier of like, congratulations. This is how it's supposed to be done. This is template material. Well done. She's just very evil. Mm-hmm. Very, very evil. Mm-hmm. So then we see Cinderella and she is lying by a grave. It is her mother's grave predictably and there's a beautiful big tree behind it and there's a dove nearby and she's bringing flowers to the grave and she's talking about you know how she remembers her family and how she misses them you know her mom and her dad and she talks about a rhyme that they used to say and it was like shake and shake drop flowers on me it was weird but she's really pretty is where I'm going with this (laughs) that's where you're going with this yeah no like she's so pretty she has really cute almost fey features her eyes are a little bit too close set to be conventionally pretty but they're so bright and like so cheerful she has dark brown hair in an actually messy braid not just you know artfully disheveled but genuinely i've been working really hard my hair is messed up she was wearing a red sort of lace-up bodice top with a brown kind of raggedy skirt and a white chemise under it. And by white, I mean the dress was originally white, but it is dirty because she does lots of chores and physical labor. This is one of the grimiest Cinderella's we've ever had, and I mean that in the best possible way. Oh yeah, it is extremely believable. So she's sort of talking to this dove just sitting by a grave. And she says, you know, I may have lost my mother and father, but I still have my courage. And then she talks about how, you know, she regrets that she can't get the embers out of her hair. And she sort of fiddles with her braid. And the tree glows magically and sort of sends down beams of light. It's very subtle in how it's filmed. It's not real massive and dramatic. But there's a subtle tinkling of music and the tree gets a little bit brighter it's like someone put an Instagram filter on it, just like it gets a little <laughs> more intense for a sec. And a pretty little comb falls down. It's very cute. It's a very cute scene. Yeah. And Cinderella's not surprised at all. So she's just like, oh, thanks. She's delighted. She heads back to the manor house where the stepmother lives. And the stepmother accosts her on the road and is just immediately harpy shrieking at her saying you know I do so much for you and I could have sent you to an orphanage and she's genuinely shrieking Mm -hmm. and circling Cinderella very menacingly and Cinderella is has tucked this comb behind her 
And as the stepmother circles, she surreptitiously tucks it into the waistband of her skirt, like in the little back pocket, which is great because without telling us any words, we now know that she has to guard her possessions and that the stepmother steals stuff from her. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it really sets the tone for their family dynamic. This is such good storytelling. They don't Mm -hmm. try to explain anything to us. There's no voiceover being like, and at her mother's grave, they just trust us to get it. And it's really nice. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Cinderella, in explaining where she's been, says, oh, I I went to fetch water. Because she's clearly just been taking time off to go hang out by her mother's grave. Her stepmother asks her, do I have to do everything around here? Mm -hmm. Which is the thing I had had told to me while I was working as a full-time nanny for a family that also had a second nanny and also a house cleaner. They were fairly affluent. Yeah. So the stepmother berates Cinderella and says, you know, the kitchen looks like a pigsty. You have to sweep the kitchen. And Cinderella says, okay, fine. You know, I will. And then stepmother says, and I need you to take the piglets to the market. And Cinderella's like, I'm sorry. We have a boy that does that. Willem does that. The stepmother's like, he doesn't work here. I fired him. And he's terrible. He'll never find work again. He's the worst. It's been a long time that he's been abusing my goodness. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I hate her. She's the worst. So we get general farm workers putting five little piglets in sort of a, a wicker crate. Like it's, a, it's an open-topped wicker crate. And it's like a combo between a wagon and like a kennel. Yeah. It's a bizarre thing, but whatever. And the stepsister comes out just to be mean. And she's wearing a beautiful sort of dark burgundy red big hoop skirt dress with a white shawl over it. And she has long blonde curls that are a little bit stringy, but, you know, she's pretty. And she goes, oh, it smells so gross, but you must be used to the stink. And Cinderella goes, yeah, I'm used to the stink, the dirt, you. It's <laughs> an amazing line. It was so good. I love how not cowed Cinderella is. I love how fiery and vibrant she remains in the face of all that she goes through. Absolutely. Because she Mm -hmm. sasses the heck out of people when they cross her. And I loved every second of it. She is not a shy girl. She's like very confident, very bold. She seems like remarkably well-adjusted. I don't know that well-adjusted is the word I'd use, but yes, she's way less beaten down than all the other Cinderella's we've seen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the stepsister says, you know, okay, well, you need to leave then, you know, get going. And Cinderella's like, well, I'm going to get some food. Like, I haven't eaten. I'm hungry. The stepsister says, oh, no, you can't have food. There's there's none. The uh, subtitles are a little bit (laughs) iffy. So sometimes they just translate a word completely wrong, and we're not really sure what it's supposed to be. But details aside, the gist of this is, you can't have any food. And one of the farm worker guys goes, oh, there's, there's tons of food. What are you talking about? And stepsister's like, don't you understand what no means? There's no food. You have to go without. The subtitles look like they might have been automatically generated, perhaps. Yeah. Who knows? They were very strange. They were fine. If any of this dialogue sounds very awkward to you as we're repeating it back, it's because the subtitles that we read in English translated from the French, translated from the German, 
Like, I'm sure it sounded better. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. Give the dialogue a bunch of passes because they acted it really well. So it was always very clear what was going on, regardless of how poor the multiple translations went. It was always very clear to us, the viewer, exactly what was happening. The emotion was there, even when the syntax was not. Indeed. So then a really cute thing happens. One of the workers kind of steps behind the stepsister and grabs this little kerchief bundle that clearly has food in it. And he throws it behind her back to another guy that works there. And that guy tosses it into the back of the wagon for Cinderella so that she could eat later. And it's just happening in the background as the stepsister is still berating Cinderella. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was just like such a cute shot. And it just made me very happy. It's very sweet. It grounds Cinderella in her community. Like it really makes her part of her community. And I like it. Mm -hmm. So the stepsister, Annabelle, tells Cinderella not to talk to strange men. And (laughs) sort of laughs and snorts. And then we cut to Cinderella struggling with her donkey. (laughs) (laughs) So Cinderella is walking and pulling the donkey. We're attempting to pull the donkey, and mm-hmm. the donkey is pulling the cart. The donkey is not enjoying being in the forest, and nope. Cinderella says, I know it doesn't please you, it doesn't please me either, but the donkey refuses to move. So she says, okay, well, maybe we should just take a break. We should probably take a break. And then she coos to the piglets. She kind of, like, reaches into the bigger basket thing that's part of the wagon, And just kind of hangs out with them. It's very sweet. It's so cute. I love the piglets. I I don't want to think about why they're going to the market. Uh, They're going to the market to get sold as pets to loving families. That's what I thought, yeah. 100%. That is what they're getting taken to the market for. And I will hear nothing else. So she opens the little kerchief, which has bread in it, and she's really happy about it. I had missed the scene where they put that there. So I was like, (laughs) but I realized because the guys were standing around sort of suspiciously and shuffling and awkward. And I was like, what's happening? And so then when there was a bundle of food, all of a sudden I was like, oh, they put food in the wagon. So it was really clear, even though I missed the scene where they showed that, that's how good this movie was. I love how they did it in the background so that it's sneaky, not just from the stepsister, but also from us, the viewer. Mm -hmm. It was cute. It was super cute. So Cinderella sort of sits by a tree and starts to noisily and very hungrily eat this little round rustic loaf of bread. And then she hears the sounds of a horse and she is startled and she puts her food down and she calls out, who's there? Then she hears the horse sounds again and she turns around just in time to get knocked over by a horse and fall face first into a giant pool of mud. Mm. And as if that wasn't bad enough, in the process, they jostled the donkey with the cart the donkey, like, takes a weird step over a route. The wagon falls apart and all the piglets run off into whatever directions their little piglet hearts want. Mm-hmm. They do not shy away from this. Cinderella is covered in mud. Her face is completely her face. Her entire body, she's just coated with mud. She just planted into a massive mud puddle. It's not like, oh, I've got a streak of mud on my face. Guys, she's just covered in mud. Like, if you were to do a mud mask on your face, it's that. That's the amount of mud she had. Mm -hmm. She runs around and tries to chase the piglets very unsuccessfully, you know, leaping and falling onto her face. And the rider of the horse has has pulled up and has, has stopped. And she yells at him, you know, why don't you look where you're going? 
he sort of mocks her and he goes, the, the subtitles go, Piglet's afraid swamp mummy? <laughs> yeah, that's what the subtitles said. I think what we're supposed to get from that is maybe the piglets are afraid of you. You look like a swamp monster. Because it's right. mummy like mummy, Egyptian mummies, not like mother. Although, who knows? Right. <laughs> so at that point, she stops chasing the pigs and she sort of cocks her head to one side and takes sort of a sashaying step closer to him. And she goes, Oh, well, would you help me? Because, you know, it's kind of your fault that these pigs got loose and it'd be really nice if you help me. And he sort of thinks about it and he's like, Oh, okay, sort of, I, I guess. And he, reaches down to her so that she can help him off his horse and she pulls him into the mud she just hauls him off his horse face first into the mud it was amazing it was so good i don't even think he was asking for her help to dismount the horse he was introducing himself as he did that i think he was just like greeting her oh that's so much better right it's It's incredible Mm. also the first thing he says to her basically is when she runs to catch a piglet and flops and misses. And he decides to comment on this by going like, oops, just a little off. And that becomes kind of a running thing later mm-hmm. on. It's the prince, you guys. She, it's this the guy's prince. the prince. They're going to fall in love. It's fine. It's amazing. And so he sort of, from this mud puddle, kind of laughs. And he goes, you're bold. People don't normally treat me like this. And he holds out a hand. So that she can help him out of the mud puddle. Yeah. She does not help him out of the mud puddle. She sort of crosses her arm and just sort of wait back on one foot and goes, mm, well, there's a first time for everything. It's amazing. <laughs> it was so good. So then Cinderella goes, okay, well, how do we do this? What do we do? And the prince goes, well, you better get out of the way and let me take care of it. And just with the tips of his fingers, gently scooshes her back pressing on her shoulders in the most <laughs> condescending but also like charmingly playful way i wasn't sure what was happening in that scene because i had missed the subtitles on that part of the interaction so i was confused about why he was pushing her away i thought that maybe he was declining to help her catch the pigs at all no this prince who has probably never handled a piglet in his life has decided that clearly he would be better at this than the girl that brought the piglets in the first place mm-hmm. and is taking charge of the situation. <laughs> he sure is. So he races after one of the piglets, and man, they play up the piglet humor so well because piglets it's the are best fast. I've ever seen. It's so good. So he races after one of the piglets and dives and lands badly on one hand. And she says, You know, did you hurt yourself? And he's like, No, it's fine and takes out a piece of fabric and goes to try to bind his hand which he can't really do one-handed and she goes all right sort of eye rolls and goes over and bandages his hand for him and then she goes we should get together i mean the (laughs) the piglets you know something important okay so yeah all of that happens it's super cute but the best part of that scene is when he leaps and he falls flat on his face she says back to him oops Missed it by just a little. It's so cute. It's oh, so it's good. I like it when they do that. <laughs> it's phenomenal interaction. I love it. So we cut to them trying to fix the wagon because they realize that they need a place to put these piglets. Smart. And, smart. Yeah. 
So she is lifting the wagon enough that it takes the pressure off the axle, which is what broke. And he re- he's underneath the wagon repairing the axle. And they fix it. And then there's a whole long time of piglet-catching antics. And it's amazing. They're giggling the whole time. Also, after he fixes the cart, she kind of pats him on the shoulder and goes, not bad. And he looks so delighted by that. Right. But also kind of like shocked, but also delighted. Mm-hmm. Every time she catches a piglet or every time he catches a piglet, he sort of holds it out at arm's length. Like he's terrified it. Like you've just given a baby to a new uncle. And is, that person is just <laughs> like, what does one do with this squalling, shrieking thing? I have no idea. So he holds the piglets out like that. And she sort of chases him with them occasionally. It's absolutely adorable. Oh my gosh. At one point, he says, why is it grunting like that to a squirming piglet in his hands? Mm-hmm. And then the subtitles say that Cinderella said, mush mummy fear? Marsh mummy of fear. Yeah. Yeah. So presumably she is also likening him to some sort of swamp monster. You guys, this was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> the translation involved in this was seriously intense. I hope you guys appreciate how much linguistics we went through to bring you this episode. <laughs> <laughs> My notes are just so stupid. But at one point, after they've collected some of the piglets, not all of them, she goes, it's better together. Aww. It's it's super cute. So they finally catch four of them, and he goes, "Is this all?" And she's like, "No, there were five And he goes, "Are you sure there were five? Like, are you positive?" And she goes, "Hey, I know I'm just a simple country girl, and you're a famous hunter. Hunter, just surprising for a hunter like you. Yeah, I know I'm just a simple girl, and you're a hunter, but I can count to five And he goes, <laughs> "Well, I mean, four or five. How much difference could it make?" And she's like, well, maybe not to you, but it's going to make a difference to me. So she collects her donkey and goes to leave. And he calls after her, how about a little thank you? And she calls back, how about a little excuse me? It was so cute. And then he tips his hat at her and like bows to her. And so she curtsies at him. They're both still covered in mud. Covered in mud. They have not wiped it off at all. Mm Mm-mm. The thing that normally happens in movies where you get one good shot of the person covered in mud and then in the next scene they have, you know, a few artful daubs of mud on their face. Nope. Guys, they are covered in mud. And they're having the best time. They are having so much fun. She is so lively and so high-spirited. I love her. She is the best. She's so cute. You don't even understand. I had such a crappy week. And today's been a crappy day. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's watch a Cinderella. I haven't stopped smiling since 10 minutes into this movie. Yeah, this is genuinely amazing. I've had a similar, just very high stress week, very high stress day. This has made me so happy. So the next scene, we cut back to the manor. And the stepmother and stepsister are laughing at Cinderella for how muddy she is. Again, guys, she is completely coated head to toe with mud. It is now dried mud, but still head to toe in mud. The stepmother holds out her palm for the coins that Cinderella was supposed to have gotten for the pigs. And it was going to be a penny per piglet. Well, they translated as penny. Who knows what it actually was? It's a coin of some kind. It's some sort of currency. One coin per piglet. So Cinderella counts out four because they couldn't catch all five piglets. So the stepmother goes, well, where's the fifth one? There were five. 
And she goes, well, yes, but, and she's interrupted by her stepsister who goes, oh, does she not know how to count? And Cinderella snaps back with, it's been five years since my father died and I sleep in the ashes while you sleep in my bed. It was such an intense line mm-hmm. because we just got the, oh, I know I may just be a simple country girl, but I can count to five to this guy who was being playful with her. And her response to her absolutely horrific stepsister is, yeah, I can count to five. It's been five years since you kicked me out and made me sleep in the ashes. It's mm-hmm. mm, Jeff's kiss. It's perfect. It was so good. The stepmother insists that she tell her where the fifth coin is. Cinderella basically tells her what happened. She doesn't talk about the hunter specifically, but she says that the wagon broke, the piglets escaped. I was only able to get four of them. Mm -hmm. The stepmother berates her for it and says, well, if you think it's so easy, you go after them. And then something bad happens. Yeah. So the stepmother is sort of insisting that Cinderella has stolen this fifth coin and tells the stepsister to search Cinderella's pockets, at which point Talon and I both go, oh no, the comb. And the stepsister finds the comb in Cinderella's back pocket. And it's a pretty wooden comb. It's a little half circle, sort of an old fashioned comb. It's very ornate. It's very lovely. It's And wood. she it's exclaims, that looks expensive. And it does. It does. Cinderella insists that she didn't steal it. But the stepmother is like, you did. You stole the penny and you spent it. Get out of here. Go clean the kitchen. The stepsister is holding the comb up and turning it this way and that way and inspecting it and goes, well, can I have it? And the stepmother's like, yeah, of course, absolutely. Even though she totally looked like she wanted it. Yeah. There was like this moment where her face was like, no. And then she smiles and goes, yes, of course. It was a nice comb. It was a beautiful comb. So since he had not officially been introduced as the prince yet, I have him in my notes as Muddy Boy. (laughs) I kept him in my notes as prince the entire time because it was so obvious that he was the prince I mean yes it was obvious that he was the prince but when we're first introduced to Joanna I 100% thought that was Cinderella even when they called her Joanna I still thought it was Cinderella and only after they continued calling for Cinderella after talking to Joanna I was like I guess that's probably not Cinderella yes that's probably not her so our next scene is the prince (laughs) Uh, I have muddy boy rides into the castle I have very pretty castle in my notes. <laughs> it's got like round turrets, but not in a super fancy way. It's just a really nice castle, you guys. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's really nice. It's not too highfalutin, but it's still It has impressive. like very lovely gardens in front of it. It has beautiful woodwork inside. I was like, oh, wow. Look at that woodwork. I really appreciated that there were other people around. There were just people milling about the grounds. There were people that he passed in the castle. Mm-hmm. It really felt like alive and like people live and work there. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. Yep. So the prince walks in and he gives some of his muddy stuff to servants as he passes them. And then he sort of opens a door. Well, he starts calling for his father. Yeah. And he opens a door mm, carefully, uh, sort of inspecting it like there might be something behind it. And this is correct. It turns out there's nothing behind the door. But his father, the king, attacks him. Like, in the Pink Panther, Inspector Clouseau has a servant named Cato who is instructed to just attack him at all times to keep him on his toes. That, that's what happens. And the king catches him and puts him in a headlock and drags him around for a while. Like a while. 
feel so nervous, huh? It's again, it's the best. <laughs> and like they're both laughing the whole time, and it's very cute. And the king is like, late as usual. You're leaving the king waiting. My son, you need to get married. He just goes straight to it. Yep, I've been king for thirty years. You need to get married. <laughs> <laughs> and and still in the headlock. Oh, yep. The prince is like, oh, but you're a superb king. You're a magnificent king. You should keep doing it. And the king is like, no, no. It's time for you to have more responsibility. And the prince goes, I'm I'm actually not interested in more responsibility. But the king has already decided. Because as his dying wife was on her deathbed, the king had promised her on her deathbed that he would crown the prince and the queen, the next queen. It's her last wish. I'm sorry. The subtitles were very jumbled. I didn't they get promised any of this. The queen, they promised the queen that the prince would get married and he would be king and he would have a queen and the kingdom would be ruled by a king and a queen. Yes. I missed um, all of that in the subtitles. That's how fast it went. The king asks if the prince has a girlfriend and suggests that he could start by taking a bath because he smells like he's been playing with pigs. Yep. And the prince responds with, no, I'll tell you what, why don't you keep ruling for, you know, a while and I will, you know, I'll take my time quietly trying to find a bride. And the king goes, nope, we're going to have a party. A prom is what the subtitles say, which was but- amazing. In French, they literally say the word ball. Yes. Ball. I still can't do a French accent to save my life. That was the best you've come so far. So oh, boy. <laughs> but yeah, we got a prom and we're going to invite all the girls. And the prince is like, why? And the king goes, why? Well, to find you a wife, obviously. And the king goes, I'll pick one for you. I have great taste. And the prince goes like, no, 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 no. I, I, I will find my own. Stop treating me like a child. And the king goes, okay, cool. Become king then and you can choose for yourself. Like, you want me to treat you like an adult? Become king. Then you can decide your own destiny. It was a great father moment of, Mm -hmm. I don't want more responsibility. Okay, I'm choosing for you then. No, I'm an adult. Okay, well then be an adult. (laughs) It was great. I loved it. But they're both still really friendly. Like, this isn't a fight. Oh, no. They're just disagreeing with each other. And the king ends it by saying, what's more is I'm convinced you'll be a good king. It's cute. They have a delightful relationship. The prince's name is Victor, by the way. Yes. So he's a white guy. He has dark brown hair. It's short. It's a little spiky in kind of weird ways. He has a very thin, sparse goatee that I didn't care for. It's kind of like a five o'clock shadow, but also kind of not. But only on the goatee places. It's like a five o'clock goatee shadow. He's a little scruffy looking. Yeah, he's he's not unattractive. I really like his character because he's not big and powerful and manly. He really is just sort of, just kind of a guy who's not, you know, super full of himself and haughty, but is a little bit pompous because, you know, he's the prince. He's been treated a certain way his whole life. And so he's, he really treads that line well of, this guy is a little bit of a dick. But, also but really, I can fix him. But I can fix him. He's really good-hearted. There's, there's a lot of good material there to work with. Oh, boy. <laughs> I thought he was cute enough. He was charming. I liked him in his interactions with Cinderella, and I liked him in his interactions with his father. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I didn't really have a strong sense of his personality. He just, 
he was a little on the bland side for me he's one of those people that very much exists in terms of other people yeah god help him he had to carry a scene by himself i don't know what would happen just yeah white noise. thankfully <laughs> thankfully we don't get any shots of him like looking sad into the distance more than like for a couple of seconds or monologuing or anything he's just it's and great. nobody sings on this so we're oh, good phenomenal guys a whole hour and no one sings it was not beautiful. even a little bit we didn't even get intro music on the version we were listening to <laughs> yeah no every time there was just music the sound cut out <laughs> presumably for copyright reasons but it did engender a moment of panic in us of like, oh no, did we find one with subtitles but no literal sound? Dear God, how much are we going to have to do to watch this movie? <laughs> so Cinderella is doing chores mm-hmm. and she's talking to her donkey. Did you catch the donkey's name? Yes, possibly. You had a long name that started with an N, I think. I have Nepomuceno. Okay. That may very well not be correct. But we're going to call this donkey Nepomuceno because we've already spent a long time trying to translate this movie into three or four different languages. So just, it's a long name donkey, okay? Deal with it. The donkey has a name. I, I will be just calling him the donkey. We're going to call him donkey. <laughs> so she's talking to the donkey and she's like, oh, that hunter caused us problems. But at least he helped me and he treated me like a person. Mm. Which, wow, that's a low bar. Mm. Then she tries to get a bunch of geese to drink water with no success. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just kind of chases after them, and it's just very funny and cute. This is a really good chore montage because Cinderella yeah. is working hard and is clearly flustered, you know, running this way and that, trying to shoo geese, really scrubbing the floor, you know, on her hands and knees hard. But the cuts are really fast. Mm-hmm. So... We don't spend a lot of time on this montage, but we still get a sense of a lot of things happening and a lot of really intense work being done. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a, a flurry of activity. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a very well done montage. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the subtitles begin to fail us at this point. Cinderella's kind of talking to herself as she works. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what she was saying. All of the words came back scrambled. And then at some point, the subtitles just said Soviet Russia. Yes, the Soviet Russia part was weird. I just ignored that whole part. I assumed that was just a glitch in the Matrix. My next note is she's starting to get kind of sad and worn down by this barrage of chores that she's doing. And her dove friend shows up in the window and sort of goes, cool. (laughs) And she looks at the dove and she goes, don't be discouraged. I know. And it's really cute. But then ominous music happens and the stepmother sweeps in. And she is going to inspect this now very clean kitchen to make sure that it is clean to her liking. This is a very sort of medieval type kitchen, just saying. It's got a fire pit in the center of it. It's a very strange building. Uh, I it love- looks like a packed dirt floor, kind of. It doesn't look like it's wood or tile or stone or anything. It was an excellent set design. I loved it. It felt very internally mm-hmm. consistent. It was definitely a bit bizarre, and it did give me a nice fantasy vibe. I don't think it could have been a dirt floor, because there's a cellar in it. Oh, that's true. How would they have done that? I think it's a wooden floor. Okay, well... It's very rustic. Yes, it's, it's a German cottage. Yeah. With, like, a very rustic kitchen. Mm-hmm. So the stepmother's inspecting this cleaning, and just then, Joanna, the maid, shows up. And she comes in and she says... I've washed and pressed the clothes. Can I please go visit my sick brother? 
And the stepmother goes, oh, of course you can, my child. But you have to go tend the pigsty first. And Joanna's like, but I did everything and the pigsty isn't my chore. And my brother is feverish. He's sick. And I've already had to wait for hours to go to him. And the stepmother makes the dangerous, evil stepmother face. And Cinderella chimes in and she goes, no, I I can take care of the pigsty. I'll do it. And there's sort of a moment where the stepmother clearly considers forcing Joanna to do it out of spite. But then sort of goes, "Mm, as long as it gets done, I don't care. Joanna curtsies and sort of gives Cinderella a thankful glance and leaves. And before Cinderella can go off to take care of the pigsty or whatever, stepmother comes up to her and tells her that, you know, I know you stole the penny. I know you spent it. And your mother would be heartbroken to know that you're a thief and you'll come to a bad end. Just real mean. And then she does that menacing, like, cheek caress, chin Ooh. touch. Yeah. It's yeah. just very mm. menacing. Mm. Didn't, didn't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, thank you. And then we get to the prince in some sort of hedge maze. Mm-hmm. And somebody's calling for him. And then he's just hanging out with his horse on a bench with an older man who is not the king, but later hangs out with the king. This is either like an advisor or an uncle or his father's lover. I'm not sure. But he says that he's known the prince since he came into the world. Yeah. I think that this was probably meant to be the dead queen's brother or an advisor maybe the king's brother he definitely comes across as the king's lover though i mean i i hope so it would be nice for the king to find love again but the this guy also seemed very emotionally attached to the former queen so yes i i think that they were in a poly relationship just like oh. a nice triad and the two of them really bonded over her death like it brought them closer together because they they had to share Aww. like they're grieving with somebody and they were the only ones who understood each other and so that they are now very close wow that's what i think happened so anyway this guy uncle man i don't know (laughs) sure says that the prince seems confused and the prince is like well father thinks i should look for a wife you know i really trust your opinion what do you think and the guy goes oh well i think the kinks had a very good idea And the prince kind of leans in and he's like, you can tell me what you really think. Like, it'll just stay between us. Mm -hmm. And the guy kind of looks around and sighs and goes, okay. And then he just repeats the same thing. I I think it's a really good idea that the king had. (laughs) And kind of winks at him. It's very cute. So the prince complains a little bit about how everyone's telling him it's time to get married. And the guy's like, well, maybe it is time to get married. (laughs) And they talk about, like, what does that feel like? The prince wants to know, like, how do you feel? How do you know? And the guy tells him that you can't say it with words. It's like magic. And the prince goes, magic? And the guy does, like, a finger flutter at him and goes, magic. It was great. (laughs) It was phenomenal. And then that's the end of that scene. Yep. And we cut back to Cinderella. And she is at her mother's grave again, which, again, is at the foot of this big, beautiful tree. She said, don't worry about me. I'll be back tomorrow, presumably to the dove. And then the tree sparkles at her again. And it gives her a nicer comb. It gives her another comb, and this comb is metal. This one, like, looked like it was silver. It was also very ornate. Mm -hmm. It was kind of, like, shiny. It was very nice. And she just smiles so happily 
the comb never comes back. That never matters again. But I loved it. That was such a nice little moment for me because I was so sad that the stepsister stole her comb. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy that the tree gave her another one. Yeah, like I don't even care that it doesn't have story relevance. Nope. It was for me. They did it for me and I appreciate it. It was universe building. It was world creation and it created a world for me and I believed it. It like comforted me as the audience and yeah. I liked that they did a thing for the audience that yeah. didn't necessarily like further yeah. the plot. And it, it builds the sense that the dead mom ghost is watching out for her all the time and knows yeah. what's going on. And so it's like, oh, I know you need another comb because your horrible stepsister stole the one that I gave you. So let me give you another one that's even nicer because I love you and I'm looking out for you. And also your hair is really messy, girl. <laughs> so as Cinderella is walking back, well, running back, a guy in the village is ringing the bell, yelling that there's a message from the king. Mm-hmm. When Cinderella gets home, the messenger is there. He's very fancy looking, but also kind of awkward and squeamish. Yes. Kind of stringy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny that was, he's dressed very fancy, but he's just like kind of gangly and awkward. It was very good. Um, and he basically announces that all the girls of marriageable age in the kingdom are invited to the castle. And the stepmother kind of tries to shush him, but Cinderella hears. Uh, because the prince is going to seek a bride from the ladies present. And the mm-hmm. stepmother is very excited mm-hmm. and is like, look at my beautiful daughter. And the guy is like, oh, okay. So anyways, and continues reading the announcement, which is that on their wedding day, the king will pass along the scepter to Prince Victor. And the mother is like, oh, you will be queen. <laughs> and then she's like, we'll tell the king that we're very pleased and that me and my beautiful daughter, who's very beautiful, will be there. And also her name is Annabelle. Yeah. Her name was confusing for me because the subtitles have her name as Annabella, but her name is always said as Annabelle. So I've got her in my notes multiple ways. Mm. So the messenger leaves and the stepmother and Annabelle bounce around excitedly and the stepmother is more excited about being the mother of a queen than she really is about her daughter being queen. She's like, she'll be queen and I'll be the mother of the queen. Yes. <laughs> and then we cut to Cinderella in the kitchen and she's dancing with a broom and it's, it's an old timey broom, mm-hmm. like an old witch's type broom. It's great. I liked it. She's also definitely not like sweeping and also dancing. The broom is not touching the ground. This girl is full on dancing. She's very like in it. It's very cute. Yep. Joanna comes into the kitchen and sort of coughs and Cinderella turns around startled and then sees that it's Joanna and relaxes and says, you know, is your brother better? And Joanna says, yes, thank you for letting me go to him. I gave him the herbal tea all night and he's much better now. And then Cinderella says, well, have you heard the news? And Joanna's like, yeah, can you imagine if Annabelle was the queen? Oh my God. And Cinderella goes, oh, I can't, I can't think about that. And then Joanna goes, well, maybe she would take me to be her maid. And it's incredible because- They do, oh, it's so good. They do like a little skit together of yep. what it would be like to be Annabelle's maid in the palace. So Cinderella is now playing the role of Annabelle and is just, they're just roasting the steps. They're just roasting Annabelle. It's amazing. It's, it is everything I've ever wanted in my life. There's a very silly voice involved. 
and it's very like squawky and high-pitched mm-hmm. and Joanna praises her gentle kind voice Cinderella goes oh I love my gentle kind voice and and I love it just as much as I love my beautiful hair that I have to look at in the mirror 20 times a day it's and it's just the best. it's very funny it's the best you guys this is the best thing that we've ever seen. <laughs> this was phenomenal. So we cut away from the scene for a second, and we see the stepmother and Annabelle at the tailor's. The stepmother is demanding that he have a dress made for Annabelle tomorrow, and it has to be ready tomorrow or he'll never get work in this region again. I can't believe the ball is the next day. Of course it's the next day. This is the I guess they want. <laughs> I guess they want the prince to get married, like, literally right now. I just thought they meant, like, this year soon yeah no i'm i was also a little bit startled. oh do you think it's literally the anniversary of the king being 30 years on the throne oh maybe it is that would make the prince's line about like hey why don't you rule for like a couple more years and i'll like that makes sense i bet this must be like the anniversary and it has to happen now because of a deathbed wish no i don't even think i don't even think that the queen required that it happen now I think the king is like, well, I've done 30 years. I'm ready to retire. And the deathbed wish was that the prince would rule with a... With a queen, which means that he has to get married. I like it. I'm sold. Yeah. That's that's what's happening here. The king is just like done. He's ready to just ride off into the sunset with his maybe brother-in-law, maybe lover, maybe both. Yeah. Yeah. So after absolutely no delay whatsoever... (laughs) We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) No time at all has passed. So we cut back to Cinderella and she's with Joanna in the kitchen. And she's saying, I don't care about princes. I just want to go to a ball and wear a beautiful dress. And she's so excited. And she grabs Joanna and just starts dancing her around the kitchen. It's super cute. It's adorable. I also love that we have a Cinderella that actively expresses her desire to go to the ball mm-hmm. and like explains why. Because yeah. I, as someone who could not be less interested in a ball, sometimes have like a hard time figuring out what Cinderella wants out of it. But she clearly tells us she wants to dress up, she wants to have fun, and she likes to dance. I love this. I'm just like so excited for her to get the things that she wants. And Joanna asks her how is it that you dance so well? And Cinderella replies, my mother taught me. So this is something that she used to do with her mother, presumably her father as well. So this is clearly a family thing for her. And so as an audience, we care about it more. Mm -hmm. It's so well done. And I'm not going to lie. I really like that she does not care about the prince. She's genuinely like, I I couldn't care less. I just want to go to a party and have fun. I'm not interested. Oh, I thought you meant the prince... As in the person she met, but you mean like the concept of yeah, the like the con- like this ball is being thrown with the concept of, and the prince will be there, and he will choose a bride, and she's like, oh, I don't care about that, but I want to go to a party and have a good time. Yeah, I really it's, like that. Yeah, it makes their romance much more pure. Well, there's something like very charming about the fact that neither of them were specifically looking yeah. to get married. They were just kind of neither of them is attending with anticipation of matrimony nobody's like i'm husband hunting or i really want to meet the prince just like i want to have fun oh man that cute hunter that i met is there 
Yeah, I love that. It's fantastic. Then we get a scene in which Annabelle, the stepsister, is complaining about the clothes and the shoes that she already has and how the shoes are too narrow or they don't match the dress. And the stepmother tells her daughter that when you want to be a queen, you must do anything. And then she kind of pulls her over her lap. And I 100% thought that this adult woman was about to get spanked. Me too. Thank God it wasn't just me. It's 100% spanking position. That's what it looks like. That's what's And then happening. the stepmother even lifts her hand and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to see this. Here it comes. But no, this is all so that she can help her daughter put on a shoe by like bending her leg backwards and cramming it on while her daughter lays across her lap. As in like absolutely unhelpful to putting on a shoe. But they decided. Indeed. That was a weird scene, but I thought it was pretty fun. I don't know what purpose it has other than setting up the whole, oh, these shoes are too narrow. I think it was good foreshadowing and it was a good way to shoehorn that in there. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, I didn't think it was necessary. Well, I, I like that it gives us that information and it also lets us know that the stepmother is absolutely on board with, I will make you do anything. I'm going to physically put you into this shoe regardless of the fact that you are complaining that it hurts. So it was a nice little foreshadowing moment. And it was really short. So if they had spent, you know, another minute on it, I would have been, I would have been in the, why are you doing this to me camp? But it was a very short scene because Cinderella immediately runs in. And catches them in the middle of this and wisely chooses not to comment. Very wisely. And she goes, she asks if she can go to the ball. And the stepsister looks up from her upside down position over her mother's lap. And laughs as though she's not in an absurd position. (laughs) And they're like, no, you obviously can't go. You're dirty and smelly and gross. And Cinderella goes, no, I heard the invitation. It was all of the eligible young ladies. I can go. She doesn't even ask them for permission when she walks in. She just announces, I also want to go to the ball. Oh, oh, good. Yeah. I like that better. So they tell her no. And she then starts to ask. She goes, you know, please, can I go? This was the one part that I was not really sure on because I don't know why she couldn't go. I don't know why she has to ask permission for them to go. I don't think she had a ride there. I think part of it is that like she wanted them specifically to take her with them. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I understand this. I like it. The stepmother finally agrees and says, of course, you can come on one condition. By tomorrow morning, you must finish these following chores. Cut the firewood, clean the pots, do the laundry, care for the animals, clean out the stables, and bring three bags of flour from the mill. I gave up halfway through my notes. I lost track, so I just wrote more things, question mark. I knew there was going to be a big list there, so I was prepped. I was ready. (laughs) We got it. Together, between the two of us, with me being no help at all, we got it. (laughs) So Cinderella thanks her and dashes away to do chores. The stepsister, who is, I believe, still upside down, looks back over her shoulder at her mother and goes, how could you allow this? And we got one of my favorite subtitles. The subtitles tell us that the stepmother says, hold up. <laughs> I wrote that down too. It was incredible. Yep. Uh, the French word sounds almost exactly like patience. So presumably she said patience. Yes. But we get told that she goes, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And then we get a montage of Cinderella doing all of the chores and it's very cute and it's exactly the right length. And we Mm -hmm. get the sense of like activity 
but also we don't linger too much on any one thing. And at the end of it, she falls asleep on the table in the kitchen near a giant stack of pots, like so many more pots than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. My notes go into all caps and go, this is how you do a work montage. Yeah, it was really good. It was just genuinely like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. The dove wakes her up from her table nap. Okay, you can't just say it like that. The dove friend from the tree is now at the kitchen window and starts cooing. So she wakes up and goes, oh no, the mill. We just cut straight to the mill with her having got the flour from the mill and she's bringing the flour home now, which is great. We didn't need to see her walk to the mill. We can follow this. Yeah, I didn't need to see her talk to a random miller and be like, I would like three bags of flour. I really love that this movie trusted us to like make intuitive leaps and Mm -hmm. just extrapolate. Just keep up. Yeah. So she's at the mill and she has all the flour loaded onto her cart and she hitches the donkey to it. And she's like, hey, donkey long name, let's take a shortcut through the woods. And on her way, taking a shortcut through the woods, she sees the huntsman again, who is doing target practice with a crossbow badly. He's missing everything. I don't think he was doing target practice. I think he was actually trying to shoot birds. Oh, that's even worse. He's doing such a bad job that it is unclear what he was even aiming at to begin with. Mm -hmm. So she sort of hunkers down to watch him just abysmally try to hunt with this crossbow, which by the way is crossbows can be very powerful masculine dramatic firing implements this is not this is like a child's crossbow it is significantly smaller than the crossbows in three wishes for cinderella yes not that we're comparing crossbow sizes but like if we were i mean it looks smaller than the ones that buffy uses on buffy the vampire slayer (laughs) anyways so if you're envisioning a big hulking crossbow it's not that it's um it's the opposite of that and just to set the scene for you, the princess is in a sort of clearing-ish area, a little lower than where Cinderella is. She's kind of on the top of a slope, hiding behind some trees. She ties her donkey to a tree and kind of crouches down and is just actively settling in to watch the nonsense. Mm-hmm. And she's giggling every time he misses a shot. Which is often. Which is every time he shoots. So she reaches back behind her to pull herself up or to get the donkey or something but she manages to accidentally untie the string on one of the flower bags which empties the entire bag of flour over her head and knocks her off her feet and she goes rolling down the hill to land in a pile at his feet and again you guys are thinking oh she's got some flour she's She's got a little smudge on her nose he'll wipe it off it'll be cute no head to toe pure white And just leaves everywhere because it's fall, I think. Mm -hmm. She could go to mime school. She is completely white. And her hair is completely covered in flour. It's a long flower falling on her scene. At this point, Talon and I realized that this is why he's not going to recognize her at the ball. Because he's literally never seen her face. At least not unencumbered by massive amounts of detritus. I just love that they have this connection. They talk to each other. There's definitely, like, a rapport. Without him seeing her face like it's a genuine connection yeah so when he inevitably doesn't recognize her at the ball as must happen in a cinderella there's a reason he just doesn't know what her face looks like yeah there's no silly mask there's no magic of he won't recognize you it's just 
you've been covered in dirt or flour when you've interacted with this guy before. And so he's going to find you familiar because of your personality. But he's not going to be able to... It was spot on. It was an excellent choice. It was wonderful. It was very, very cute. So she falls down this hill covered in flour. And the prince goes, oh, is it snowing? And she goes, no. (laughs) Uh, He accuses her of frightening all the animals. And she responds with, as the arrows, I did nothing. The syntax is a little weird, but I love the concept. I think that's great. So then Cinderella books it and tries to climb up the hill. And the prince tries to scramble up after her. And neither of them were doing a good job. Like, it's not graceful. Neither of them are displaying any sort of physical prowess. No, but they're having fun. So he does eventually catch up to her and he asks, were you watching me? And she goes, no, but I heard you swearing when you missed the mark. And he responds with, I am a good hunter. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. He said in the subtitles, I'm a real shooter. (laughs) So she asks him to hit a tree. She picks a tree for him to use his target practice. She specifically says that oak tree with the bird's nest. She's very specific about which tree. Indeed. He fails to hit this tree. And she goes, oops. Off by a little. It's so great. (laughs) He shoots the nest. He shoots the nest that was like on a branch, which was not the assignment. No. And she goes, well, I've seen enough. And he tries to sort of squiggle out of it and was like, oh, no, I I thought you meant that tree. The other oak tree. And she's like, "That's, that's a beech tree. That's not even an oak tree. It's great. He says that this time he's going to do it. He's going to hit the one that had the nest. But right as he's about to shoot, she sneezes. <laughs> she says that for a hunter, you shoot so badly, you're in danger of starving. And he assures her he's not because he has his livelihood, which goes completely over her head. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of have this back and forth of like the prince being like, do I know you? Have we met? And she's like, where would we have met? And is kind of like playing with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that he's confused, just like with the tree, the oak tree and the beech tree. It was great. There's just like a lot of cute music playing and a lot of them kind of looking at each other and being kind of giggly. And she suddenly snaps out of it and goes, I have to hurry. I have so much to do. And he not convincingly goes, yes, I also have to hurry because I also have things to do. He specifically says, I have to help with the party at the castle. And Cinderella's like, oh, you'll be there. And he's like, well, I have to be. And then I don't know what happened, but she looks kind of wistfully and she says something to him. She just says, you know, I'll be there too. And then he says, essentially, I'm looking forward to it. It was cute. And then as they're walking away from each other, they both sneeze and say, good health. And they (laughs) look back over their shoulders and have a really cute little eye contact, both looking back moment. They have really good chemistry. Yeah. It was adorable because you can tell that he does not recognize her as the girl with the piglets. Does he just think that there's peasant girls just all over these woods being snarky at him? I'll be honest, Talon. I'm not convinced this prince thinks a lot in general. Mm. I'm sure that if he tried, he would indeed come to the conclusion of, oh, but that's the same girl. But I don't think it's occurred to him to think about it. Oh my God. I can't believe he didn't understand that that's the same girl. 
I know he said, like, do I know you? But I literally thought he meant, like, do I know you from somewhere else also? No. Trying to, like, track her down. Oh, my God. He couldn't tell? Nope. To be fair, she had a lot of very gloopy black mud on her face to begin with. And now she's completely head to toe covered in white flour. So he hasn't... she's the same person with the same donkey. Yes. But she has different colored hair now. Because now her hair is completely white. Okay, that is a compelling argument, but hear me out. In the past, we've seen Cinderella be in an act of disguise. Like, she's either pretending to be a maid somewhere, or mm-hmm. like, like in the Three Wishes one, she pretended to be a boy with yeah. a different outfit. Mm-hmm. So I understand the prince not connecting those together because she's actively in a different category of, like, job or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this was like, oh... A farm girl with piglets was covered in mud, and now a farm girl with flowers covered in flour. Like, how do you not think, oh, I wonder if it's the same girl? Because they hung out a lot. I would have assumed that he recognized her, but if he had recognized her, I would have expected there to be a line of, oh, you again, or something, instead of, have we met? Okay, yeah, that's baffling to me. That's, okay, I I now have a complaint about this movie. It's this. Okay, because I've spent the last day being like, what would I change about this movie? What would I possibly change about but this Liv, movie? But Liv, how could you have spent the last day doing that if we only watched it half an hour ago? Right, we only watched this half an hour ago. There's been absolutely no internet problems or computer problems in the interim time since we watched this. We have this. not had any technical difficulties. None. And this is all smooth and continuous. And, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. So we're back at the manor now. The stepmother tells Cinderella, you should bring the flower back in the bag, not in your hair, and tells her to carry the flower inside. And my note is, oh my god, she's carrying two bags of flour. Oh my god. Bags of flour that big are really heavy. These are big bags of flour. These are 40-pound bags of flour, and flour is floppy. It's not like a heavy box that you can just pick up in one solid motion. And she's hefting two of them. So I don't know if they're real flour in our universe, but in that universe... That's impressive. That's a flex. She's also, like, actively, like, struggling, and she Mm -hmm. looks kind of relieved that there's only two and not three. Yeah. So then we're back at the manor. Cinderella says, I finished all the chores. Can I go to the ball? And she's very excited. She's, She's elated about this. And the stepmother goes, sure, when you finish everything. And Cinderella deflates pretty hard, and she goes, but I, I did everything. And then the stepsister says, what about the lentils? And Cinderella's like, what in God's name are you talking about? And Annabelle goes over to a jar of lentils and says, we were going to have, you know, lentil soup for dinner. And she walks over to the fireplace and very obviously pretends to stumble, throwing all of the lentils into the ashes of this fire pit. To make it even worse, she actively like takes the lid off first and then pretends to stumble. Yes. Like, it's just the most fake, most obvious thing. She's not trying to cover it up. No. And the stepmother goes along with it. She literally sees this happen and is like, oh, yes, this is a really good idea. And goes, oh, you know what else is great in soup? Peas. And she does the same thing and pours peas into the ashes as well. Mm-hmm. And now this is the task that Cinderella has to pick out the peas and the lentils from the ashes or she can't go to the ball. And they say, hurry, we leave in an hour. Mm-hmm. And then Annabelle throws more lentils at Cinderella, who's already like in tears, but trying to still take everything out of the ashes. And she's bent over the fireplace. And Annabelle just flings more lentils at her and they get caught in her hair. 
yeah it was upsetting that was so sad so cinderella is on her knees by this fire pit frantically trying to pick out peas and lentils and she says how will i do this and she's kind of crying a little bit and her dove friend shows up at the window and goes cool cinderella starts just working just trying to she gets plates and she's trying to separate them out and now there are many doves and my note says magic sparkle music all of the doves are cooing at her like kind of aggressively Mm -hmm. which i guess makes her realize that they're there to help so she comes up to the open window the window was open the whole time so she didn't have to let them in or anything Mm -mm. but then she says a rhyme to them which gets translated as oh dear pigeons oh lovebirds all birds under the blue sky come help me and even more doves arrive and they all fly into the room and she directs them to put the peas in one pan and the lentils in another and they all start helping her and she gets down on her knees and she's working with them and i really like that she's just like also working yes and trying and like it was so good i love her it was so good Because normally she just leaves the birds to do the thing. And admittedly, they're magic birds and they are helping her voluntarily. But it's so nice that she continues to pitch in. It just, it builds her character as part of the community, always willing to help out, always willing to try. It was so great. I love that she doesn't give up. She's so brave to like still have hope and to still try. In the face of this just abject cruelty. It's, yeah. it's really lovely to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm getting a little teary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're back with the stepmother and stepsister, and they're with the dressmaker. And the stepsister is wearing her gown that she'll be wearing to this ball. And she is doing the, um, I'm not comfortable in this dress. I can't breathe. To which her mother responds, you can breathe when you're queen. <laughs> which we've had a couple of variations on that before but i always like it yeah it's it's always a good line so her dress is this beautiful teal color again big hoop skirt and she has this very bizarre sort of off the shoulder sleeves but then a collar that is attached to the front of her bodice but her shoulders are still bare it's very angular and it's got some weird cutouts that i wasn't expecting me neither it's definitely weird everything else that they've done has been oh that's a normal dress that's a normal outfit. What? Not sure what they were going for. I think they just really wanted to make sure the prince remembered the pointy dress lady. And, you Quite know, possibly. that is a strategy that's valid. Yeah. And it's not an ugly dress, to be clear. It's, it's weird looking in universe, but it's, it's a lovely dress. It's fine. Yeah. So Cinderella runs in holding these bowls of lentils and peas and she goes, look, I finished. <laughs> They're gobsmacked. And the stepmother, I didn't get the exact line. Did you get the exact line? She said, well, when you want something, you get it. Or, like, when you want, you get everything. So I think she means, like, when you try, you succeed. Mm-hmm. Not sure. So then Cinderella says, okay, I'll go get changed. And they just kind of drop the act. And they're like, no. And she goes, but you promised. Oh. And they tell her, did you really think we'd bring you? You're dirty. Be reasonable. The court is no place for you. Everyone will laugh. Cinderella's still trying to fight for it. and She still, I guess, believes that there's a version of events in which this could have worked out for her. Mm -hmm. And she reminds them that she did all the work and that they promised. And if her stepmother breaks the promise, she'll be a liar. And she's very upset, very visibly, like, angry and sad. She's literally screaming, which I like, because normally you get sort of a meek Cinderella or a heartbroken Cinderella or a 
even a passionate Cinderella, but we rarely get a Cinderella volatile enough that she screams because she's angry. Mm-hmm. And I like and it. like it's completely the correct reaction, Absolutely. like completely. But the stepmother oh. uses it against her oh, and says so very coolly, "See, this is what I'm talking about. Young ladies do not act like that. Young ladies and maintain just, their posture." Yeah, and she just turns her nose up and walks out of the room, oh, and man. they leave. They leave, and Cinderella cries, and she cries so believably. We're not really focused on tears dripping slowly out of her eyes. She's doing the sort of hiccuping thing where you're trying not to cry, but you need to cry too hard. So she's just choking back tears and gasping. And it's it was one of the best Cinderella crying scenes that we've gotten. It really hit home. I believed every second of it. I was also heartbroken. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just feel so much sympathy for this girl. Yeah. I just I only want good things for her. She's so sweet. Yeah, and she's got so much energy and she's got she's trying so hard and she's just getting lied to and it's really upsetting. And then when she speaks up for herself, she's gaslit about the reason she's not allowed to go and told that it's ridiculous that she'd be angry for it. So it was really it really made me hate stepmother and stepsister a whole lot, which is what it was supposed to do. So it succeeded. Yeah. They're evil. They're just they're, evil. they're yeah. so mean. Mm-hmm. So Cinderella goes to her mother's tree. And she lays down underneath it with her head kind of on a stone. And she says the rhyme that she says of the tree, which is like about the tree shaking and throwing gold and silver over her, which I think is metaphorical. Mm -hmm. And she looks up at the tree and kind of light pours through the leaves and there's tinkly music. And then she just closes her eyes and goes to sleep. And when she wakes up, it doesn't seem like a lot of time has passed because it was late when she got there and it's still late, but her face is all cleaned up. Her hair is beautiful. She's wearing this gorgeous white dress and she notices that her hands are clean as she wakes up and starts kind of patting herself down and looking around and she's so delighted and she giggles and she smiles and she says thank you to the tree and she picks up her skirt to look at her feet and she's wearing these really cute red shoes. It's adorable. I want to talk about the transition, though, because I loved how this movie did transitions and how they did magic and transformation scenes. So we see her sleeping in her dirty servant gown. The camera pans away from her, and then we get a distant shot of the tree, and you can see the spot where she is sleeping, but you can't really distinguish her. And then it focuses on the tree, and the tree sort of glows and does like rays of light, and there's sort of an angel chorus in the background. And then we just go back to Cinderella. So they don't show us any magic. It's just, again, it's just the Instagram filter magic. And it's great because I don't need to see a dress change into a different dress. I can do that in my imagination. If you give me some sparkles and some sparkle music, I'm like, oh, and now the dress is different. I really like that it happened like in the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. I think that's cute. I do like a good spin transformation. Oh, yeah, I do like that. But again, if you don't have the budget or the skill to do a good transformation, don't bother. Just know your limit. We've watched a couple where it was clear that the filmmaker was reaching beyond their ability or beyond their budget. Yes. And I hate that. It ruins the whole thing for me. It takes me out of it and it ruins the magic. So if you know that you don't have the budget or the time or the ability to do a dramatic on-screen transformation, just leave that to the imagination. That's fine. I don't need to see that. Now I still have the magic. It's great. (laughs) So her dress is so pretty. It's white. It's got bare shoulders with little puffy sleeves attached. And it's got a 
pattern fabric of little flowers on it and it's very flowy and it's just it looks adorable on her it's not too fancy it's not a huge fancy silver and gold ball gown it's just like a really cute dress that you would wear to like a formal tea party or something it's like a fun party dress and it's got all this like little red embroidery and you don't see the color combo of white with red accents a lot Mm -hmm. yeah and it was just like so cute on her and it was one of the most memorable cinderella dresses we've seen yeah and i loved the shoes because the shoes we get a clear shot of them and they're this red silk shoes with little gold buckles i guess just really cute they also weren't modern pumps they were like old-timey shoes it was adorable it was great And so she spins in this dress and we pan out and we see that she gets a horse too. And it has a red saddle on it to match her dress and it's white. And she walks up to it and she calls it by name because it's the donkey. Yeah, I I guess she must have just like looked into his eyes and known. Yes. Because that donkey wasn't standing there before. No, the donkey has come to her because it is her friend. Yeah. Also... We lost sound at this point, and it made writing down what people were saying somehow harder because I wasn't getting, like, intonation. Yes. So she mounts the horse and rides off to the palace. This is a really fun festival. It's not a fancy party. It's much more of just like a fair, almost. It reminds me of that party from The Man in the Iron Mask where most people are just like wandering around the grounds. Mm -hmm. And also there was a pig chase in that too, I think. And so we're getting a princesses on parade. They're not princesses. We are. But it's great. I mean, they're just girls from the surrounding area, Mm -hmm. but they're all wearing very nice dresses, but not like gowns. They're clearly just wearing their Sunday best. Yeah. And they look nice. Yeah. It's cute. Um, they all come up this sort of aisle and at the end of it the king is sitting and the prince in their thrones and they kind of curtsy at them and then they walk away and so we get a bunch of just different girls curtsying at them and sometimes they do it in pairs and like one will want to stay longer and the other one will have to drag her off it's very cute these curtsies are not normal curtsies by the way nor the uniform they're these very weird theatrical curtsies and they're all different and it's very clearly what peasant girls think a really fancy curtsy is that would impress a prince. And it's adorable. I loved it. My thinking was they only have like 30 seconds to leave an impression. They're all wearing very similar outfits. What are they going to do in that moment to get the prince's attention? They're Mm going to do weird things with their arms, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) The king and the prince are sort of reacting to these girls, but there's no subtitles and we get no sound, so we can't really what's going on but the prince appears bored and finally we get a little bit of sound again and the king tells his son you know cheer up this is a festival not a funeral then they start to sort of have fun again and the king and prince are giggling at these girls who are curtsying in a very silly way well one of them looks like very sour and kind of stares down the king Mm -hmm. and the prince just bursts out laughing like he can't take it seriously and when the prince starts laughing, the king can't hold it back either. Mm-hmm. We also get some twins, which I thought was funny. Yep. We also get a much older woman. Just one. We also got an awkward-looking red-haired girl who curtsies, and the king and the prince look at her kind of suspiciously. And I don't understand what that was, but she comes back. She has very strong features, and when she spoke, her voice was extremely low. So I also don't know what was supposed to be happening. I thought 
thought that it was going to be like, oh, a boy has snuck in joke. Or that. that doesn't pan out. No, it never pays off and they never tell us. So that was a little confusing. So we cut to Cinderella riding on her horse as she rides through the lane and up to the palace. And then we cut back to the king and the prince who are now being introduced to the stepmother and the stepdaughter. And the king is very impressed. He's like, oh, she's very beautiful. The advisor is also sitting next to the king and the prince. He's not impressed with the stepsister at all. The king makes the A-OK hand sign Mm -hmm. surreptitiously at the prince. And it's very awkward and obvious. Yeah. And the stepmother is also doing a, a hype man thing for her daughter as well. She is very beautiful. Look at how beautiful she is. Yes. This is my beautiful daughter, Annabelle. Isn't she beautiful? Very yep. much that energy. Cinderella ties her horse slash donkey just to a random tree on the palace grounds. Mm-hmm. I think like it's a tree in their garden. I think she just rode a horse into their garden. And yep. as she gets off the horse, she goes, well, I hope the stepmother doesn't see me. And then she giggles, at which point I realized that she did not have a plan. That was her plan. That was the extent of the plan. Yep. And she kind of like looks around as she walks towards the party and she looks very happy to be there. And she's kind of skipping down the bridge. It's very cute. Mm -hmm. So the princesses on parade part has ended. So she's missed that part. But she goes into the ballroom where the dance is happening. And she's sort of standing there and a couple of people jostle her sort of rudely. But then there's a dance happening with snaps where people are snapping their fingers together. So this party is like 99% girls. Like there are some other men there. But But it's mostly women. Yeah. It's almost entirely women. And the women are all dancing with each other. And I thought that was very nice. Mm -hmm. Because if you get a room full of ladies that came there to dance, they are absolutely going to dance with each other. Well, they're all having a good time too. We've seen balls where it's all the women together and there's only the prince to dance with. And the girls that are dancing with each other are very clearly upset about it. They're very clearly like... I don't want to be dancing with you, but everybody's having a great time here. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Also, the advisor guy is sitting on the raised platform that the throne is on and just hanging out, chatting with the king. What is he doing there? Who is he? He doesn't look like this is his job. I think they're lovers. I think they're lovers. Anyways, Cinderella sees Victor. She sees the prince dancing and she asks the girl next to her, who he is oh the prince is dancing with annabelle oh yeah the girl says something like oh yeah that horrible cow stole the prince that blonde cow stole my chance she says no she doesn't know but she hates her because she thinks that cinderella is asking about annabelle and cinderella is like no i don't care about her the guy the hunter who's the hunter and the girl's like that's prince victor and cinderella's like oh okay yikes <laughs> you see this dawning on her face, but she gets zero time to process this because she's gripped by that redheaded girl mm-hmm. who just like takes her out to the dance floor and you think she's going to dance with her, but then she just kind of hands her to the prince. She puts her near the prince because Annabelle is still dancing with Victor. And the running joke here is that Victor does not dance well. And <laughs> so Annabelle compliments him and says, Oh, you dance so wonderfully. And he goes, I dance as well as you lie. <laughs> so good annabelle is definitely thrown off by this she's also really confused that there are other girls here to compete with because she goes to her mom and she's like why are there all these other girls here (laughs) i don't understand meanwhile the prince and cinderella are dancing in proximity and then also kind of with each other 
they're doing this kind of dance where people are sort of switching partners, but I guess maybe not because he spins her around and then she tries to walk away, but he stops her and they just stand there and they look at each other and they smile bashfully and it's very cute. Yep. And then the party explodes. Yeah, lots of streamers. The music gets faster. Everyone starts yelling. There's a guy with a bunch of streamers. And now it's like suddenly very busy. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Prince Victor is like, do I know you? And she goes, oh, is that like your song? And he's like, no, I think I know you. Meanwhile, the stepmother and the stepsister are trying to get a look at the girl that stole the prince. Mm-hmm. And they're like, is that Cinderella? That looks like Cinderella. So to get closer, they grab each other and dance over to them. They do a gallop. They do a full-on polka (laughs) gallop over to her, like arms out, pointy style. It was phenomenal. I was dying. It looks like an aggressive tango in Cinderella's direction. Yeah, but meanwhile, Cinderella and the prince are dancing together, and they are, it's a polka, and it's very lively, and they're having an excellent time. This is a really good time to have a polka. Um... Spoilers, I just rewatched Bridgerton and they have this last romantic dance, which they say is going to be a waltz. And it's not a waltz. It's a polka. And polkas are not romantic. But this, this is a good time to have a polka. This is a fun and playful scene. And it's a great time to have a polka. Okay, so the way this scene is shot is we actually get a bunch of little clips of Cinderella and the prince dancing. But also Cinderella dances with the crowd mm-hmm. and just kind of is having a great time. And he's looking at her and he's so smitten. And then at one point, Cinderella pulls the prince towards her, mm-hmm. and they do this dance move that kind of looks like they're doing the wave at a sporting event. Yeah, it's very cute. Finally, Cinderella admits that she has met the prince. The first time, she was very dark, and the second time, she was very white, and he has no idea what she's talking about. But he compliments her dancing, and she goes, well, I'd like to return the compliment, but you're terrible at dancing. <laughs> And then the prince just starts guessing where he might have met her. And they're mm-hmm. all like the fancy things that he's done. Was it the hunt at such and such castle? Was it at the wedding of such and such princess? And basically she's like, oh, well, you know, you keep saying things that like only nobility attend. And he's like, are you, are you not from a noble house? Mm-hmm. Well, you're dancing very gracefully. And then I don't know what she says, because based on what I saw, the subtitles I wrote down, would not you like to walk a donkey? Yep. Um, what, do you, what do you have for us? I have nothing. Uh, <laughs> literally, I have nothing there. Basically, she, she responds with the emotion of there are good things in other places than noble families. Don't be a pompous dick. But just at that moment, again, we're in a very active and lively, lively dance. And the stepmother and stepsister have come near her and they catch her by the arm and arm swing her away mm-hmm. from the prince who mid dance move mm-hmm. so he just spins and turns around and she's gone and he yes. can't see her because again this is a very crowded ballroom and she's she still appears to be dancing but it's very clear to us the audience that the stepmother and stepsister are just twirling Nailing her outside her. so he can't find her and he's getting agitated about it this- meanwhile people keep moving around him and mm-hmm. dancing so it is genuinely, like, really hard to keep track of what's happening where. Yeah. And you do get the sense of anxiety and swirling and yeah, it's confusion. Great, it's good. It's a good scene. It builds attention. So the stepmother and Annabelle drag Cinderella outside, and she loses her shoe as they drag her along this moat bridge thing. Like, she's literally trying to dig her feet in, and they're just pulling her. Yeah. And she's, like, scrambling. 
And the stepmother says, your mother would be ashamed of you. You're wearing a beautiful dress. Do you think that makes you worthy? You're filthy. No one would ever want you. And then the stepsister shoves her full in the chest and she goes flying backwards into this moat lake thing. It's like a pond and there's like grass and stuff in it. Yeah, and like lily pads and stuff. It's it's not that it's filthy water, but it's it's pond water. It's not it's not like a clear little It's not a clear crystal lake. Is a yeah. pond has got water in it. It's like it's green. Yeah. And she struggles to get out. Like she falls over backwards into the water and she's still struggling and they just leave. And I'm watching this happen and I'm like her dress must be so heavy. Like, what if she can't get up? And I know she's going to get up and it'll be fine. But, like, she could have died. Yeah. So we see her sort of flounder in the water for a little bit because she's, I mean, she just got shoved in the water, which is presumably fairly cold. And, and then the grass bank down to this body of water is fairly steep. And climbing out of a body of water on slippery grass in a giant heavy ball gown is... That's tricky. That's that's hard. Even though she's very strong from hauling bags of flour. Indeed. So the stepmother and stepsister re-enter the ball, and Cinderella has hauled herself out of the water and just starts to cry and walks away back to her horse donkey thing. And she's just, she's so wet. Her dress was, like, white and beautiful, and now it just looks kind of murkier. Yeah, it's just and so- her hair is really stringy and dripping. Mm-hmm. And she just, she looks the world away different. And this was really well done because we get happy party music, but it's overlaid with the visuals of her just very dejectedly dragging herself back to her horse and dejectedly climbing on her horse and just slumps over it and trots slowly away. The prince has followed her outside. He's realized that she left the ball. And he sees this white horse with, obviously, her on it, riding away. And he goes, no. And he runs down the staircase and across the bridge and picks up her shoe and runs after her. Then we go back to Cinderella, and she's very sad again, just on her horse. As she passes behind this big tree that we, like, it's on the path. It's on the path that we saw her ride up to the castle. As she comes back and goes behind this tree there's sort of a magic fade sound and she comes back out and she's wearing poor clothes and she's walking her donkey again and she hugs the donkey. So the way this is shot is that we get this long pan of her walking down this trail. Well, the horse is walking down the trail and she's riding the horse, but the camera's positioned not on the trail itself, but in the woods and kind of peeking up between trees. And so she passes behind a tree because the tree is between the camera and Cinderella. And it's just such a smooth transition. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of the tree, she's walking, holding the donkey and just wraps her arms around the donkey's neck and just slumps over. It's just, there's so much emotion in her body language. So much. So meanwhile, back at the palace, the party's still happening, but we're in a separate room where the king and his advisor guy are just hanging out and they're just talking about the prince and the king is very excited because he's never seen the prince like this. He says that he ran like a deer mm-hmm. and he's finally awake. And then a very frantic servant walks in and is like, the ladies want to know where the prince is. And the king is like, oh, he's just playing hide and seek. And the servant's like, oh, this is a catastrophe. And the king is like, no, what catastrophe? This is great. We're going to have another party soon. And then the guy that he's with, the advisor slash possible lover guy, 
looks up into the ceiling and goes, the queen would be happy, I believe. And then the king also looks at the ceiling and they both sigh at the same time with their hands pressed to their hearts. And the king just goes, yes. What is happening? I'm telling you this was a polytriad. I think what happened is the king and his lover have both realized that the prince has finally been smitten, that he's interested in this girl and that something has actually piqued his interest and driven him to action. And so they're happy. They don't care that the party is going poorly because the party has been a success. He's now interested Mm -hmm. in a lady. So they're thrilled because this is what their queen wanted. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. We cut back from this scene to the manor and the stepmother is scolding Annabelle for not being willing to do whatever it takes to get the prince and declares that Cinderella will pay for everything. They have this brief exchange where Annabelle's like, well, it's not my fault he disappeared. What was I supposed to do? And the stepmother reiterates, to get a prince, you should do anything. Mm -hmm. So she says that line a couple of times. So So I really should have been prepared for what came. (laughs) Yeah. We see the prince now, and he's running around calling for Cinderella. And he sees a dove and is confused. The prince rode down the trail on his horse. And now he's in the clearing with the big tree and the grave and the dove is where he is right now. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. And so he's like calling, where are you? Mm -hmm. And the dove like coos at him and then starts flying away, but kind of slowly. Mm -hmm. And Prince Victor looks at the dove and follows like its arc with his eyes wonderingly. And then just follows the dove for some reason. I feel like this guy just starts walking in that direction. I feel like this guy is having a weird enough day that, sure, follow the dove. Yeah, whatever. He never expressed any affinity for doves. If it had been a piglet and he decided (laughs) to follow a piglet through the woods, I would feel like that makes sense. Oh, God. Or if it was the donkey or like literally anything. I just, he has no connection between dove and Cinderella. Mm -hmm. He just saw a dove in the woods and was like, that's weird. I'll go see where it goes. By the way, this is the part at which we had to switch over to the Russian version because (laughs) the French version that had subtitles cut out right as they pushed Cinderella into the moat. So we're in Russian now with just Talon Mm -hmm. talking over the German, over the Russian in English to me. Yes. So we watched the last 10 minutes twice. And the first time I just said things out loud. And then the second time we wrote down what happened to the best of our abilities. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to Cinderella and she is holding a little straw doll thing and is asleep in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And the stepmother and Annabelle storm in and the stepmother is just stomping in and she's tearing her gloves off of her hands as she walks. Which got sound effects. Which got sound effects and throws them over her shoulder. And it was just, it was a very dramatic move. If you've been playing the, um, what's the Darth Vader song that plays? Oh, uh, the Imperial March? Yes. If the Imperial March had been playing, would have fit. <laughs> so. Go ahead with your lines, love. Thanks, Talon. I want to do that. <laughs> so the stepmother roughly grabs Cinderella's shoulder and shakes her awake and hauls her out of bed, basically screaming, it's your fault. And she gets a broom and starts to hit Cinderella with the broom and then 
it's a little unclear exactly what's happening, but it turns out that there is a root cellar and the stepmother is using the broom to physically shove Cinderella into the root cellar and then pulls a table over it so that Cinderella can't get out. And Cinderella is screaming her head off this whole time and pounding on the, I guess, door roof now of the root cellar that she is stuck in. We don't see this from her point of view. We're just in the kitchen watching the step family. It's like a trap door in the floor of the kitchen. For those of you who, like me, fundamentally don't know what a root cellar is. Oh, I'm sorry. That's one of those weird farm things that I... Apologies. Yes. Um, yeah. So there's a trap door in the floor of the kitchen. They shove her down. They close the trap door. So now it just looks like the floor. And then they put a table on top of it. And then the stepmother sits on the table. And says, I hope you rot in there. Yeah. And then there's a knock at the door. And so the stepmother grabs Annabelle and shoves her on top of this table so that Cinderella can't possibly open it and goes to open the door. And the prince is there. Do you want to do these lines since you translated them so well? Okay. (laughs) I don't know why you're being mean to me now. I'm not being mean to you. That was genuinely like, please shine. You did a good job translating. That sounded incredibly sarcastic. It was meant to be sarcastic in my direction. Audience, I'm right, right? Like, I'm right. I'm going to cut this out. Fine. 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 (laughs) So, of course, it's the prince knocking on the door. And at first, the stepmother pulls open the door and is very angry. But then she sees it's him and she's very excited. And it's Mm -hmm. such an honor. And she's very happy to see him. And he goes, do you have a daughter? Were you at the ball with your daughter? And she's like, yes, I do. And I was. And you danced. And he's like, oh, is she here? I want to marry her. And the stepmother's face just lights up and she's like, yes, yes, she's here. I'll go get her. Just one minute. And she closes the door. And then she opens the door again and she goes, just please wait a moment. Don't go anywhere. And then she closes the door again and she runs in and she tells Annabelle, don't leave him waiting. Put on a white dress and a cape with a hood. The gears kind of churn in Annabelle's head and she's like, oh, so he's here for Cinderella. And the stepmother says, what's Cinderella? There's no Cinderella. There's only you, my daughter, and you won't say a word. It was such a dark line. Ooh. Because the stepmother, well, you get real close to her face and she grabs Annabelle's chin in her hand. And it is just, her voice drops like a full octave and she gets incredibly menacing. She's getting frantic almost in her evilness. And just the concept of there is no Cinderella is just, ah, that gives me the creeps. Oof, yeah, nope. So then we see the door open again, and it's Annabelle, obviously, but she's wearing a white dress. And it's not Cinderella's dress, it's just a different white dress, but mm-hmm. it looks close enough, I guess, especially if you're a dum dum prince who's very nice, very handsome, but just like not super bright. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing this cloak with this very big fur lined hood that's over her face, kind of. And it doesn't look weird, but it is suspicious. It's not comical, but it is completely obscuring her entire face. Yeah. So the prince is kind of like, oh, I danced with you? And she nods very physically mm-hmm. and doesn't say anything. And he's like, oh, you, you talked so much at the ball. And the stepmother interjects with, well, she accepts your proposal. Uh, you guys should go get married now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the prince is still suspicious. And he says, well, you lost a shoe. Try it on. And if it fits, I'll marry you right away. And the stepmother says, uh, yes, it's hers. And she will try it on. 
at home. And they book it back into the house and close the doors on the prince again. Mm-hmm. At this point, Olivia gave me a warning, which I will now pass on to you guys. Uh, this is the Grimm's version of the fairy tale. And they're about to do the choppy off foot parts. So there you go. Yep. So I had not watched this and I didn't know how gruesome this was going to be and it was not very it was really evocative without being very descriptive or very visual whatever the word is I loved it yeah they had like a very classy gore discretion shot where the camera pans away before the axe makes like the full swipe down but like that's what's happening yeah so Annabelle's trying to get the shoe on it doesn't fit and she's saying it's too small it's too small and the stepmother goes the shoe isn't too small the foot is too big. A girl who wants to be a princess will sacrifice everything and just grabs a full-on axe. It's a hatchet and just immediately raises it up and you see Annabelle's face for a second be like, mom? And she then, says, mama? Oh, and then oh. the axe makes a sharp downward begin swing and then we see a quick shot of a pigeon flitting away. And that's it. We don't get a creepy gross sound effect. We don't get a scream. We just are left with a visceral sense of what happens if you start swinging an axe down. It was great. I was really happy about it because it gave me all of the, oh, this is so dark and creepy and gross with none of the visual terror that will haunt me. So I was delighted about this. Yes. So they walk out of the building, the shoes on the foot, the stepmother is like, look, it's perfectly, everything's great. It's her. She can be queen now. And then the dove starts talking. And in the Russian dub, It's just a man doing, like, a silly voice. It's the best. I don't know what they were going for, but it didn't sound like a dove. Because I could hear the German underneath it, and that sounded, like, more like a dove. Mm -hmm. Like, it was more warbling, more high-pitched. But this was, like, a deep man voice (laughs) trying to sound high-pitched, and it was, like, not working for me. Yep. The bird goes, coo, coo, there's blood in the shoe. The shoe's too small. The real bride is in the cellar. So. My viewing experience, dear listener, is that I'm just listening to German and Russian over top one another, and I can't tell what's happening because, again, these voices all sound the same. There's no indication that a different character is speaking. I think maybe it's one of the farm guys talking or something. (laughs) Until Talon starts to just cackle. (laughs) At which point I'm like, oh, wait, is that the the bird? And Talon's like, yeah, this is the bird. The bird is talking. Guys, this movie has healed my soul. I am no longer <laughs> terrified of pigeons or doves. This has fixed what the 1989 Ashen Patel ruined for me. This was adorable. The French one sounded a little bit more dove-like. It was more obvious that a dove was supposed to be speaking, especially since you told me that a dove was supposed to be speaking. But the French did a little more like rolly R's, like, it was cute. The Russian just sounded like a very sarcastic man. <laughs> the shoe's too small. The real bride is in the cellar. <laughs> it, it was just weirdly rolly. I don't know. But everybody hears this. Everybody can hear the dove. It's not just the prince. I'm not, like, convinced. I'm pretty sure that at least the stepmother hears it because she immediately goes to shoo the bird away, and there's no reason that she would do that unless she heard it talking. That's true. So I think... No and- one, like, reacts to it or verbally acknowledges it, but it does make the prince, like, more suspicious. So he checks the shoe. He takes it off, Annabelle, and her toes are bandaged. There's blood, like, soaking through the bandage. But we don't see anything too gory. 
it's still um, the exact shape of a normal foot. Right. So, so whatever got cut yeah. off was maybe like her pinky toe got cut off or something. Well, the blood spot is by her big toe. So I think we're supposed to assume that her big toe got cut off, but her foot is still in a very normal, this is how a foot shape is shape. So. Oof. So anyway, Prince Victor is very mad. He accuses them of lying to him. Yes, if she has another daughter. And she says no. Meanwhile, Joanna to the rescue. Yes. The favorite girl Joanna comes into the kitchen and starts calling for Cinderella. And she frees Cinderella from the cellar. Yeah. Then we go back to the courtyard where the stepmother is just like, look, my daughter Annabelle is beautiful. Look at her. Like, do you want to marry her? And then in the most pathetic voice I've ever heard, Annabelle goes, I thought... Annabelle's trying really hard not to cry, but she's clearly in a lot of pain in this scene, and this actress is doing a great job of like, please try to smile, try to smile, try to smile. I didn't have sympathy yeah. for her, because she's been horrible. But I, I believe know. that she was in legitimate... should have been cut off. No, I don't think her foot should have been cut off, but I was having trouble feeling bad for this character. I don't think she deserved it. I would have picked a different comeuppance for her, but I, I couldn't, in all honesty, bring myself to feel bad for this character. Okay, that's fair. So then the prince announces, let all the women here try on the shoe. Mm-hmm. And there's some joking around between the servants of, like, getting a guy to try it on or, like, getting the oldest lady who works there to try it on. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Joanna's freed Cinderella, and they embrace each other. I love that Cinderella has a friend. I love when she has a friend. Yes. So good. And then Joanna's like, you have to go. Go quick. The prince is in the courtyard. And Cinderella's like, like this? And Joanna's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Cinderella goes, well, I guess if he loves me, he'll accept me like this. Yes? And Joanna goes, yes. And Cinderella goes, yes. And it's very cute back and forth. It's adorable. Cinderella runs up to this group of people around the prince and he recognizes her right away he recognizes her immediately and he repeats the riddle that she gave him of the first time i met you you were all covered in black and the second time you were all covered in white it was you i danced with you at the ball and he puts the shoe on her and i love that the shoe doesn't matter i love that the shoe was his sort of uh there's something suspicious going on here uh, try this shoe on, I guess. Yeah, it felt more like he was stalling for time. Mm-hmm. And I love that he gets down on his knees in the courtyard oh. to put the shoe on. You have to understand, like, Cinderella is magically, her face, like, looks nice again, and her hair looks really good, like, better than before she went into the cellar somehow. But she's still, like, very grimy looking. She's still wearing all her dirty clothes. Mm-hmm. And when he picks up her foot, her foot is grimy because she's been walking around barefoot outside. Yeah. And he puts the shoe on her grimy little foot. And I'm like, dang, that's love. It's so sweet. I love it. I love it so much. And then we get more hilarious, sarcastic Russian pigeons. Yeah. So then the dove goes, coo, coo. There's no blood in the shoe. It's not too big. And it's not too small. The bride is going to go to the castle. And then, the, and then Prince Victor goes, will you marry me, even though I'm not really a hunter? And she goes, well, you know, at least you know how to catch piglets. Yes, I'll marry you. And then they kiss with the sun in the background behind them. And all of the servants cheer hooray for the princess. It's such a cute kiss. 
And then oh, it's very nice. It was very adorable. It was extremely romantic, high romance. And then the stepmother swings in and she goes, this is my second daughter. Let's hug. <laughs> and the prince wisely draws away from her, as does Cinderella. They just recoil. And the prince, without taking his eyes off the stepmother, asks Cinderella, is this your mother? And Cinderella's like, no, my mother is dead. <laughs> and the stepmother goes, remember all that I've done for you? And Cinderella responds with like, yeah, oh, I am. No, she says, I'm grateful for it. Oh. She's taking the high road all the way. Oh, wow. Okay, I misinterpreted those, the French that I could <laughs> not understand. <laughs> Never mind, whatever. So Cinderella then sort of goes on tiptoe and whispers into the prince's ear. And it's clear that the stepmother is very worried about this. But the prince nods. And Cinderella says, I can bring all the workers to the palace who want to go. So everybody who's here, you want to come to the palace, you're welcome to do so. They all cheer and they all accept because Cinderella is a good person and a hard worker and they all like her and she's clearly helped them all out at one time or another and stepmother and stepsister are vile. And also, it seems like it would be nicer working in the palace. Yeah. Anyways, the stepmother goes, you can't leave me here all alone. You can't abandon me like this. Cinderella goes, good luck. Yep. And then Annabelle tries to follow and the stepmother grabs her cloak and hauls her back and she falls and says where are you going and then we just get sort of a low shot of everybody happily running towards the palace including the prince and cinderella who are holding hands and she drops her shoe again and he picks it up and then they're all just doing a happy jaunty procession to the palace and they're all laughing and happy and doves are flying and as they go off into the distance the prince picks cinderella up bright across the threshold style and carries her and does like a spin and a twirl. And then we get like fancy ribbon writing and says Finn. And then we're done. It was so cute. It was so cute. It was phenomenal. I am still flabbergasted at how much I enjoyed this movie. I can't believe I'd never heard of it and never seen it referenced anywhere. Yeah. Although given how much difficulty we had watching it, I'm not that surprised. That's true. So, sadly, uh, there's no more movie, because I would yeah. have continued to watch this for hours. Yeah. But that is where our movie ends. So highs and lows. Oh, man, that's so hard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My high is the interactions between Cinderella and the prince. Mm. I thought that they were so cute and so charming, and just the right amount of, like, banter and flirting, where they're not too actively mean to each other. But they're also still like poking fun at each other. Mm-hmm. I thought they walked that balance perfectly. And I really got a sense that they liked each other. Agreed. I thought that was phenomenal too. My low is... Hmm, oh, I didn't like that the prince didn't recognize her between the two right. times they met. I really wish that he had like recognized her from when she was covered in mud to when she was covered in flour. Mm-hmm. And then not recognized her at the ball. Yeah, I think that would have been a good fix. I agree that that was a a weak point. He could have, like, had a nickname for her. Yeah. Like Forest Girl or Donkey Girl. (laughs) She thinks of him as the hunter. I want to know what he thought of her as. That's fair, yeah. What about you? What are your highs and lows? My high is that the prince follows Cinderella immediately. He sees her leave Mm -hmm. the ball. He follows her. He can't catch up to her. 
and he gets sort of lost trying to find her. And then he only resorts to using the shoe as a stall tactic, basically. And the second mm-hmm. that he sees her, he recognizes her, which we know as an audience because he repeats the riddle back to her. Yeah. And it was great. I love that the shoe is irrelevant. I loved it. So good. Lowe's? I'm going to go with subtitles. I would have loved subtitles that were done well so I could have gotten more nuance of the script. Mm-hmm. I don't even necessarily really want this to be dubbed into English because I thought that the voice actors did a really great job in French. Mm-hmm. But it, really... it sounded good in German too. Yeah, but I, I really wanted to know exactly what they were saying because the acting was so good and the casting was so good and the literally everything was so good. I can only assume that the script was also really excellent. And unfortunately, if you play the Google Translate game, you lose any type of nuance or... I mean, there was a lot of wordplay that happened that we managed to get even through multiple layers of translation. Yes. So I wonder how good it would have been in its original format, because I bet it's even better. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was good, but I feel like, I feel like it would have been so much better if there had just been one really good subtitles done. Just, we're just translating this from German as accurately as possible into all the languages. So that was my low. I really wanted there to be better subtitles. Mm, definitely. So what would you change about this movie? Um... I don't know that I would change anything. I really don't think I would. I would make it easier to find. Okay, yes. I would have Netflix have it up on Netflix so that everyone could see it and like everyone could know that it's fantastic. Agreed. All jokes aside, my internet broke in the middle of our record and I have spent the last day trying to think of what I would change about this movie and I've been unable to come up with a single thing. No, like, it was really good. It was cast really well. It was written really well. It, it was, was shot really well. Yeah. Everything about it was... I loved it. Yeah. It was great. All our listeners should watch this. Yeah. Like, you guys should go out and try and find it. I, I mean, it, it was hard. It's hard. So, if it you is speak on... German or French, You're or I guess Russian. It is on YouTube. So, if you Google Fashion Photo 2011 on YouTube, you will find all of it. Uh, However, you will not get subtitles for all of it. But it doesn't matter. It's so well acted that it's really clear what's going on. Everybody should go watch this. This was amazing. It's only an hour. Which is, how staggering is that? That it's only an hour? It was just like the timing was so good. It was tightly written. Movies shouldn't be that long. I've been watching a lot of long movies lately. And I don't think they should be that long. They could just be an hour and be a good movie. That Nickelodeon original movie we watched? Oh my god. That should have been an hour. That should have been 10 minutes. Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, this was great. (laughs) The pacing was perfect. The information was given to us in an extremely well-crafted way so as to be as efficient as possible, but it didn't feel rushed. We never got an exposition dump. And we even got extra characters. We got a whole character of Joanna. Mm -hmm. We got a whole character of the advisor to the king. And we got a whole lightly fleshed out ensemble of farm workers who all yeah, interact. Who appeared multiple times and like yeah. impacted the story. Mm-hmm. And clearly interacted with Cinderella and had a history. Like it was just one of the complaints that I saw somebody online have was this doesn't have two stepsisters. And I was like, don't, Good. don't be an idiot. You don't need to. 
You can just have one and it's fine. It's just the point is that she's an orphan and there are mean people around and one of them is supposed to be a sister and one of them is supposed to be a mother. It doesn't really matter how many there are. Yes. And I think cutting the second stepsister and deciding not to have one was an excellent choice because that would have been so hard. I think they could have had a second one if they didn't have Joanna. And then she could have done some of the nicer things. That's the only way it would have worked and it wouldn't have worked as well as the way they did it. Yeah, no. And I love Joanna. I thought Joanna was amazing. Yeah, she was really sweet. Yeah. Oh, are you going to be watching this again? Oh, yes. 100%. I'm absolutely going to be watching this again. I love this. I'm going to make people watch this with me. I don't care if they can't speak French. It's amazing. Are you going to be watching this again? Oh, absolutely. I loved it. It's like one of my favorite things that I've watched this year. And I know it's only like a little bit into the year, but whatever. I liked it a lot. I'll watch it again for sure. Yeah. So final grade for this movie. It's an A+. It's perfect. It's an A+. Hands down. Yeah, absolutely an A+. Completely agree. Every time this movie could make a decision, it shows the right decision. Every time it had multiple options, it shows the best of those options. This is a really amazing example of what a Cinderella is supposed to be. This was perfect. Yeah, it was just so well crafted. Yes. Well, it's almost midnight, so thanks for joining us. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you, so follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes, or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. Philip, what are we watching next week? Next week is going to be our Valentine's Day episode. And I'm super excited. We're going to be watching Cinderella's Love Lesson. This is from 1953. It's eight oh, wow. minutes long. It's bizarre. Interesting. Wait, is this live action? Yes, this is a live action. This is weird. I, I watched it ahead of time because I needed to make sure that it was suitable for the main feed. And it is. But it is bizarre. And speaking of suitable for the main feed, we have a Valentine's Day special. It is our Bibbidi Bobbidi bonus episode of season two. And it is going to be Cinderella and the Golden Bra. So for a measly $3 a month, you can listen to Talon and I tell you about a movie from 1964 called Cinderella and the Golden Bra, which it was a whole experience. It falls under the genre of, what did you say they were called? Nudie cuties? Yep. Nudie cuties. Yep. Yep. So that's what happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Well... Until next week, we hope you have a happily ever after.